0: Have you ever been thirsty? I mean, really thirsty. In 1996, uh, a Marine named Joey Mora fell overboard from an aircraft carrier in the Iranian sea, and his absence wasn't noticed until 36 hours after he fell. And after 24 hours of searching for him, the search team gave up, assuming that He must have died. But 72 hours after he fell overboard, four Pakistani fishermen found Joey treading water in his sleep and clinging to a makeshift flotation device he had made from his pants. He was delirious, his tongue was dry and cracked, and his throat parched. Two years later, in an interview on NBC's Dateline, Joey recounted his story and said that the most excruciating thing about the experience was his thirst. He said that that the one thought that took over his body and pounded his brain was water. He was surrounded by it, but he couldn't drink it. Can you imagine the torture he must have felt? And then imagine the relief of that first taste of water on his dry, cracked tongue after he was rescued. In today's text, Jesus has an encounter with someone that centers around this idea of being thirsty. Jesus, actually in our text, we're going to see he is physically thirsty when he approaches a well for a drink of water. But he meets a woman there who he then talks to about her spiritual thirst. Uh, This summer, we're going through a sermon series called Encounters with Jesus in the Gospel of John, and we are looking at at different encounters that Jesus has with different individuals that that are recorded in John's Gospel. So a few weeks back, we looked at Jesus encountering uh, Nathaniel and Philip, Philip and Nathaniel, two disciples, Um, and then uh, two weeks ago, we looked at him encountering Nicodemus and talking about the need to be reborn. And so today we're looking at Jesus' encounter with um, an unnamed Samaritan woman. And my sermon title is Thirsty, because we're going to see that Jesus uses these images of of thirst and water throughout this interaction with this woman at at a well. So our text today is John chapter 4. It's a little bit of a longer passage. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 30 Uh, But I want to get the whole context of this passage as we we dig into it together. So John chapter 4, we'll have the verses on the screen or you can follow in your Bibles. Um, John chapter 4 beginning with verse 1. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Though in fact it was not Jesus who baptized but his disciples. He left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to the town to buy food. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, "'Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water.' He told her, "'Go call your husband and come back.' "'I have no husband,' she replied." Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said, just said, is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, the recording in your word of this encounter between Jesus and this woman. And we pray, Lord, as we look into it, Lord, as, as you open this, your word to us this morning, that you would encounter us today through your word, that you'd speak to us, Lord, through this, this encounter about our thirst and about your desire to quench that thirst in us, Lord. And so open our ears to hear from you today, God, and, and speak, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus had been ministering in the southern region of Judea um, in in the the chapters kind of before this. And so we find in the beginning of this text that he decides he's going to travel back up to the northern region of Galilee. And on his way, his disciples, uh, he and his disciples, they go through this region of Samaria. Uh, The inhabitants of this region, Samaria, were Samaritans. And Samaritans were descendants of Israelites who had intermarried with foreigners. This has happened hundreds of years before. Um, but, and so over time, these, this, these Samaritans, this group of people, they were kind of seen as, as less pure Israelites. And, and they were almost viewed by the Jewish people as kind of half-breeds, who also had developed some re- different religious beliefs from them. We see that in the text, even when they're talking about where to worship. Jews worshipped in Jerusalem. The Samaritans worshipped on Mount Gerizim. And so when Jesus approached this Samaritan woman and asked her for a drink of water, verse 9 tells us that the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And we have this, this note here, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. So this, was, this, this encounter that Jesus has with this, this woman is a very unusual encounter in that culture. A Jewish man talking with a Samaritan woman, but that didn't bother Jesus at all. Those norms, those, what, was, what was socially acceptable, Jesus didn't care anything about that because he encounters this woman in this passage because he knows that she is spiritually thirsty and he wants to offer her something to satisfy that thirst. He cares about her. And as we look at what Jesus says to her in this encounter between the two of them, we're going to see that just as Jesus cares about her spiritual thirst, that we're going to see that we too are spiritually thirsty. And that Jesus wants to satisfy our thirst as well. So we're going to start by looking at our spiritual thirst. How do we see this woman's spiritual thirst and how do we see that in our lives too? Well, for the Samaritan woman, the first clue that we get about the fact that she was spiritually thirsty, or where, where that kind of came from in her life, is the fact that she goes to the well alone at noon. For most women in that culture, if you went to the well, you would go as a group of, of, of women together, and you would go in the morning, or you'd go later in the day when the, the sun wasn't hot, right? You'd go when it was cooler. So the fact that this woman goes to this well at noon when it's the hottest time of the day, and she goes by herself, shows that she was likely avoiding interaction with other women in her town. Now, why was that? Why did this woman go to the well at noon? Why would she she do that? Well, we get a possible clue for why this might have been the case a little bit later in the conversation with Jesus. In verses 16 through 18, we read, he told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Jesus, he knows this woman's situation. Just like we saw back in chapter 1 that he knew Nathaniel. He knew that he, saw, he says Nathanael was a man, an Israelite with no deceit. He kind of knew Nathanael's heart. Um, and, he, and he saw Nathanael even before Philip met him. Here in this passage, we see that Jesus, he knows this woman. He knows her. He sees right into her. He knows all about her. But the things that he knows about her are not necessarily things that this woman wanted to be known for, she, that she wanted people to know about. She had had five husbands now, we don't know exactly why she had five husbands, but we do know that, that she was now living with another man who she was not married to, and her short response to Jesus, I have no husband, shows that, that she's not really eager to talk about her relationship status. Right? She just kind of wants to shove this off to the side. I have no husband. Let's, let's keep talking here, Jesus. And add to this, again, the fact that this woman goes to the well at, at noon, all by herself, it becomes pretty likely that this woman had probably been in a string of relationships and is probably was probably judged by the other women in the town because of this. And so she wants to avoid all contact with, with other women because she knows that they're going to look at her a certain way because she's had this, this string of relationships in her life. So what does all this, though, have to do with spiritual thirst? What, is, what does it have to do with, with her spiritual thirst? Well... Just like we are physical beings who need water in order to physically live, we are also spiritual beings. And in order to spiritually live, we need certain things. Ultimately, we need God. And when we have a lack of water, we get physically thirsty. And, and so in order to satisfy that thirst with some, with If we try to satisfy that thirst that we have for water with something else, guess what happens? Our thirst will only grow, right? If we try to drink salt water, we're going to keep getting thirsty. That stranded Marine, Joey Moore, if he had tried to do that, it would have killed him eventually, right? It would have made him more and more thirsty and it would have eventually killed him. And so in a similar way, we, we need God. We need the pure, the true water for our lives spiritually. We need God to spiritually live. But when we look to things other than God, kind of like salt water, and we try to satisfy our spiritual thirst with these other things, guess what? It makes us even thirstier. For the Samaritan woman it's likely that she was trying to satisfy that spiritual thirst in her life by looking to relationships with men. She had a longing for intimacy, a longing for love, a longing for acceptance, but instead of looking to God to satisfy those longings, she was looking to other men. And those relationships, they didn't give her what she was looking for which is pretty obvious from the fact that she'd been married five times and she was now living with guy number six. Guess what? It didn't satisfy her. She kept looking for something else because she wasn't being satisfied by God. See, the truth is that no human being is able to fulfill our longings for love and acceptance and intimacy. Because no human being can live up to who God is. When we try to fulfill those longings, the longings that we have, that can only be filled by God, when we try to find, fulfill those things in another human being, they are always going to fall short. They're bound to disappoint us. No spouse or friend or parent or child will be able to perfectly love you in the way that only God can. And so if you expect them to, if you're looking to that person to satisfy all of your longings, guess what? You're going to remain thirsty. And you're going to start looking elsewhere to satisfy that thirst that you're not finding in that person. You're going to start trying to fulfill it in other ways. Human relationships are just one example of something that we might look to in order to satisfy our deep spiritual thirst. But there's really all kinds of ways that we do this. We might look for satisfaction from success in our work. So let's say I'm not getting my full satisfaction maybe from this human being here. So I say, well, I'm going to try to. I'm still feeling this longing, this satisfaction, this thirst. And so, okay, I'm going to try to just pour myself into my work. And I'm going to try to satisfy that longing for fulfillment by just working so much and trying to achieve success. That's another way that we can try to satisfy that thirst. Or sometimes we might try to satisfy that thirst by, by getting to a certain level of comfort and security in our lives. If I can just get a nice enough home and just get an, a, a secure enough life and, and enough vacation time and, and where I'm really living in comfort, then maybe I'll feel satisfied. Maybe then I'll feel fulfilled in my life. Or maybe I, I, I'm trying to find that 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 sense of recognition and praise from other people. I want to get a certain, number, a certain level of recognition, a, a, a certain amount of power. And, and if I can just achieve that, then maybe I'll feel satisfied. I'll feel fulfilled. Maybe I'll stop thirsting. But all these things, they're salt water that won't satisfy our thirst for the real thing no matter how hard you try to satisfy that thirst with all these things in our lives, guess what? It's always going to fall short because there's no way that our longing for God can ever be filled by these earthly things. So how can we be satisfied? How can we satisfy our spiritual thirst? Well, let's look at what Jesus says in this encounter with this woman about satisfying our spiritual thirst. In verse 10, After the Samaritan woman wonders why Jesus, a Jew, would ask her, a Samaritan woman, for a drink of water, Jesus replies, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He says, I have something that far outshines this water in this well or anything else. I have living water. But just like we saw in this encounter with Nicodemus in chapter three, who was very confused by what Jesus was talking about when he talked about being born again, in a similar way, this woman, she doesn't understand what Jesus means when he says living water. And so she kind of wonders, how are you going to get this living water? You don't have a bucket. You know, where are you going to dig for this living water, Jesus? And, And so Jesus explains in verses 13 and 14, everyone who drinks this water, will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So Jesus here, he's he's not talking about physical water. He's talking about a spiritual kind of water that satisfies our spiritual thirst, and he, and, he, and he describes this water, this, this stuff that we need, the thing that will actually fulfill us, that will actually satisfy that deep spiritual longings that we have. He describes it as a, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That the water that we will have, this whatever it is that he's talking about, that is something that it's not just we drink it once, but it's a spring of water within us that keeps flowing, it keeps gushing. And it wells up to eternal life. What is this living water that Jesus is talking about? What will satisfy our spiritual thirst? Well, later in John's gospel, we get a clearer idea of this when Jesus again talks about living water in John chapter 7. In John 7, verses 37 to 39, we read, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. John, the author of this gospel, he makes this note that when Jesus is talking here about living water, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the third person of the triune God. In other words, God himself will dwell within those who come to Jesus and who believe in him. That's what Jesus says here, right? Come to me. Whoever believes in me, this will, be, this will happen to you. You'll get this well of life in you. But the Holy Spirit, God himself, is the one who satisfies our spiritual thirst. So how do we receive this living water? How do we receive the Holy Spirit, who will become a spring of life, welling up to eternal life within us? Well, when we look back at the encounter between Jesus and this woman, when Jesus kind of gives her this picture and says, here's this, this amazing living water that I have for you, and it's going to well up to eternal life, then the woman responds To Jesus, in verse 15, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Once again, she's kind of thinking on a very literal plane, right? Oh, if I get this water, then I won't have to come to the well anymore to draw water. She doesn't quite understand that Jesus, again, is not talking about physical water, but she says, Sir, give me this water. She wants something. She, She sees that Jesus is offering her something, And she wants it. And she's longing for it. But it's right after she expresses this longing for this water that what does Jesus say to her? It's when Jesus then says to her, go call your husband and come back. See, she expresses her desire for Jesus' living water. And then Jesus confronts her with the false water that she's been drinking says, you you want this water? You need to deal with the water that you've been trying to satisfy your thirst with. She'd been trying to satisfy that thirst with with these relationships with men. And Jesus basically says, listen, you need to stop drinking that other stuff and start drinking from me. If you keep looking to, to men to satisfy your thirst you're going to keep going back to that well over and over again. It's never going to satisfy you. And you're going to keep getting thirsty. If you want to satisfy your thirst, leave that well behind. Come to me. Drink from me, and you will never be thirsty again. The first step to drinking Jesus' living water is to admit that we've been drinking from something else. We've been drinking from some salt water. We've been trying to find, to fill that longing for acceptance and that longing for value and that longing for importance, that we've been trying to find it in something else other than God. And so we confess that we've been looking to something else for our fulfillment and our satisfaction. And we repent of that, which means to turn around, to change our mind We stop drinking the salt water. And then we look to Jesus to give us his true and living water. And the good news is that Jesus wants to give it to us. The good news is that Jesus doesn't condemn us for drinking the salt water. But he actually forgives us. He forgives us from drinking from those false sources of fulfillment. We deserve to die from drinking all that salt water. That's what happens when you drink salt water, right? You die. And that's what we deserve to happen to us for searching for fulfillment in these other things. We deserve judgment. We deserve death. But Jesus went to the cross to take that death from us. He went to the cross to be killed in our place. On the cross, Jesus said, I am thirsty. He took our thirst upon himself in order to give us the living water that will satisfy us. And he gives that water freely to all who believe. He gives us himself. He fills us with the Holy Spirit. He gives us eternal life. There was a shipwrecked crew drifting for days in a small boat off the coast of Brazil. And they too were suffering of thirst. But they dared not drink that seawater, which they knew would would make it worse. And so then they they saw a vessel coming toward them. And they they called out, signaled to that vessel, water. Water water. They needed the water. And the response came back to them, dip your bucket over the side. They thought they were being mocked, but they decided to to try it. They dipped their buckets and they realized that the water they were in was fresh. They had drifted into the flow of the Amazon River, which pushes fresh water about 60 miles out into the Atlantic Ocean. You see, there was actually fresh water all around them. All they needed to do was dip their buckets into it. Brothers and sisters, Jesus' living water is available for us to drink. You don't have to do anything to go search for it and try to find it. It's here. It's for us. And he invites us to dip our buckets into it. Satisfy our thirst. He wants to satisfy that thirst in us. Is Jesus encountering you today? Are you here today because Jesus not only wanted to encounter that woman, but He wants to encounter you? Is He revealing to you that you're spiritually thirsty? Are you trying to satisfy that thirst through something? other than God. If you are, you may not realize it today or tomorrow, but eventually you're going to realize that it it won't satisfy you. No matter how hard you try to satisfy that longing through something other than God, it, it just won't. You're going to remain thirsty. Maybe you're here today because Jesus wants you to taste his living water. Maybe he wants you to taste it for the first time. Maybe you've never experienced that, that satisfaction and fulfillment of, of Jesus fulfilling who he is and what he's done for you. Maybe he's inviting you to dip your bucket into the water and drink from him today. Maybe you have tasted it. Maybe you've, you've experienced that, that fulfillment of Jesus filling you, and, but you've You've turned away. And you've started looking to fulfillment elsewhere. Maybe you've started drinking from some salt water on the side. And you're realizing that that actually you're you're growing thirsty again. Because you're not finding your fulfillment in Christ alone. And guess what? That's all of us. We're all going to do that. Because we're sinners. Because we're broken people. Because we have this tendency to want to find fulfillment in other things. And so maybe today Jesus is inviting you to to turn from that salt water and to drink from him once again. To once again admit, Lord, I've been trying to find my fulfillment in in success or in relationships or in people's opinions of me or whatever it may be. And and he's calling you to confess that to him and say, Lord, fill me again with with your water. If you're spiritually thirsty today, listen again to Jesus' invitation. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. That is Jesus' promise to you. Do you believe that? Do you believe him when he says that? If you want a drink of Jesus' living water today, Jesus says, come and drink. It's there for you. He's there to welcome you back with open arms as you toss away that salt water, as you ask him once again to fill you. Believe in him, and your thirst will be satisfied. And as we drink of that living water, we are then invited to respond like the Samaritan woman did at the very end of our passage. In verse 28, we read Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? This woman, when she realized, when Jesus says to her, I who am speaking to you, I am he. I'm the one you need. What did she do? She dropped that water jug and she ran to tell as many people as she could that this one has the living water that you need too. She wanted other people to taste Jesus' living water. So we are invited to to be like this woman and to be like those thirsty, to to be like that, that other ship who told those thirsty shipwrecked sailors, Dip your bucket over the side. It's there for you. There's water. And Jesus is longing to give it to you. There are so many people in our world today who are dying of spiritual thirst. They are drinking salt water with the hope of being satisfied. And whether they know it or not, we know that, it will, that they will never be satisfied by those things. We know the source of the living water that they need. And so as Jesus encounters us, as he gives us his living water, he invites us to go and share that water with everyone we meet. As we drink of it, as we are satisfied to go and say, hey, I got some amazing water for you to drink. that will satisfy you in a way that nothing else will. We are invited to be his representatives to share that water with the world around us. So let's go, let's drink, and let's invite others to drink as well. Let's pray. Lord, we confess that we so easily turn to things other than you for our satisfaction. Lord, we, our hearts are prone to wander. We are, we are prone to, to, to look to these things that we think will satisfy us, that we think will finally fill that hole in our lives, that we think will finally make us feel fulfilled. But Lord, your word tells us that deep down we know that they never will, that we're drinking salt water that just keeps making us thirsty. And Lord, you invite us to come to you and to drink of your living water, to drink of yourself, to be satisfied in you, And you alone, forgive us, God. Forgive us for chasing after these other things. Forgive us for finding our fulfillment, trying to find our fulfillment in things other than you. Lord, forgive us. And give us again, Lord, your living water today. We need it. We need it desperately. We thank you, God, that you you are willing to go so far to give us that living water, that Jesus, you would take upon yourself our thirst, that you would die in our place for all the times that we have forsaken you and we have searched after other things. Forgive us again, Lord. We thank you that you have paid for those sins. You have paid for our chasing these other, these other things, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We pray that today, again, you would remind us that we are cleansed, that we are, that we are free That we have been forgiven of our our salt water drinking ways, Lord, and that you once again are offering us your living water to drink of and to be satisfied in you. Lord, who else could we go to? You are our, our Father, you are our Savior. Lord, you went so far for us. How can we look to other things? to fulfill something that only you can. So Lord, as we go into this this closing song of worship, we pray that you would once again speak to us, God, that you would lead us to confession, to repent of our sin, and, and to invite you once again to come and to drink of you, Lord. We need you, God. Thank you for encountering us here. Thank you for giving us your living water.